Welcome to the Business Meet Soul podcast. I'm your host, Tara Hegarty, and on this show, you can expect powerful soul-shifting conversations to help you effortlessly expand, align your energy, and unlock your infinite potential in life and business. Because your definition of success isn't determined by an endpoint or goal. For you, success is the byproduct of being who you are, doing what you love, and living in alignment with your soul. Are you ready to anchor into deeper layers of abundance, service, and freedom together? Let's dive in. Today, we're going to explore the fascinating world of dream interpretation. Dreams are like a window into our subconscious mind, providing insight into our thoughts, our feelings, and our deepest desires. They can be this source of creative expression, personal awareness, and even business growth. And in this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mark Irons, a Brisbane-based musician, writer, and owner of Foster Fox, a creative consultancy for television and film. He is a dear friend who has a wealth of knowledge in all areas of life, and in our most recent conversation with dreams. So I had to get him on the show to dive deeper on the topic of dream interpretation. So let's meet today's guest, Mark Irons, founder of Foster Fox, which is an award-winning writing and creative consultancy for television and film. And Mark, the brains behind it, has been in the entertainment industry for more than 10 years and has worked on all sorts of productions, big and small. And he's got a knack for weaving captivating stories that really strike a chord with viewers and is also a pro at offering insightful advice that helps you connect with your own aspirations and dreams in a way that's both practical and creative. Mark is super passionate about empowering others to reach their creative and career goals, which is why he's such a sought-after mentor and director in the industry. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for jumping on board and having a chat with me today. Thanks for having me, Tara. Lovely to be here. I'm really excited about our chat today because you're not just an amazingly talented artist, but your thoughts and insights go really deep, Mark. And you've always seemed to bring this fresh perspective to life. And that's something I truly admire about you. And what's even more incredible is that it's perfect timing for our conversation because I've noticed a ton of people lately talking about their dreams and trying to make sense of them. It's like there's this collective wave of dream sharing going on and it's absolutely fascinating to witness. And I also want to add, last year I had an incredible experience participating in a Celtic Day exercise and it's a captivating tradition where people interpret omens between December the 26th and January the 6th. And this period is highly significant in Celtic culture because it represents a liminal space where the boundaries between the physical and the spiritual realms are all blurred. And during the exercise, individuals observe signs and symbols in their daily lives, ranging from lots of elements of uh, nature like animals or plants and weather patterns to even vivid dreams and visions. 
And the purpose is to uncover meaning and guidance from these omens, providing insights into the upcoming year and one's personal journey. And guess what? The omen for May was all about reflections, dreams, and illusions. So can you believe it? I actually predicted that this whole dream conversation trend would happen based on that omen. It's like the universe aligning everything just perfectly for us to have this chat today. So let's jump right in. Mark, can you please share with us and describe your journey into developing an interest in dreams and dream interpretation and perhaps even elaborate on the ways in which this fascination has influenced your life and personal growth? Well. Where do I begin? <laughs> um, firstly, I would say I'm not an expert and I would question anyone who claimed to be an expert. I think it's very an individual pursuit, the interpretation of dreams. Um, and it's something that you find in your own time, should it be important to you or should, should it um, present itself as needing to be interpreted. Mm-hmm. So for myself, I guess I, I experienced the loss of my father at a very young age. I was like three. So from a young age, I remember having quite vivid dreams, not involving him at all, just my daily life. Yeah, well, sorry, my nightly sleeps would <laughs> would involve quite active and, and colourful dreams. Um, so like a, one that I remember from when I was young, there was a... a Venus de Milo statue in the yard um, and that would come to life quite often in my dreams, which was noticeably creepy. Mm. Um, It was in a lot of ways a kind of nightmare which would startle me but not quite completely. Mm. So I would feel unnerved but I would also just keep it to myself that I'm having this dream. And I'd look out the window and I'd see that statue in the morning and it would just be back where it was meant to be. Um, and, something and, that I think, oh, and, yeah, sorry. And nightmares, they 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 can be unpleasant, can't they? And they can kind of leave us like feeling shaken and anxious and, and really apprehensive for that, that next day too. And I know um, there's a lot of studies out there that suggest that nightmares are often caused by like negative or traumatic kind of um, events that's kind of being processed by the subconscious mind, you know, for example, is fear, um, is, is, I know, is one of them. Um, do you think that related to, um, even though you said it's, you didn't, it wasn't about your father, but that was a, you know, a, um, quite a significant event that happened early on, um, in your childhood, um, was coming, you know, there was obviously some sort of, uh, uh, processing, you know, those emotions being processed. Um, in, I, I guess, the safe way through your dreams? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I, something I've come to appreciate over time is that that kind of loss in those formative years really breaks your brain open. It rewires your brain mm. in ways that I realise a lot of my deep thinking of things and a lot of my process than a lot of people um, just on smaller things i'm sure that everyone has their own way of processing and that you know areas of fine focus for certain people will be a lot more focused than mine would be in a particular area but i think my brain sort of searches 
the environment for clues as to where my dad's gone. That's how mm. I kind of think about it. Mm. Um, so when it came to my sort of dream world, I think my dreams would often be a kind of searching, mm. a kind of puzzling over the patterns around me and stuff like that. Um, so there was sort of uh, a common one was flying, but it wasn't like flying like the regular sort of Superman flying. It was <laughs> swimming quite close to the ground and never too far off the ground. But that was a way that I made my way through my dreams quite often. Do you think that's related to any astral travel? You know how yeah. I've heard a couple of people talk about that, that they kind of um, imagine that they're going out in their backyard and they're kind of floating over the grass and everything. Like, I don't know if that's some sort of, I don't know, astral training um, happening there potentially. It could be. I think it has something to do with emotional balance, like, uh, or your attempts to balance yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, one thing is that if you ever go, looking into particular features of a dream for the symbolism or that you'll find a consensus of views on certain things, but you'll often find quite varying and sometimes opposite views mm. yeah. um, or interpretations. And it, I, I always bring back to how it feels. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I lean into my intuition to read or draw from a dream what it might be trying to tell me. Um, but that being said, like for years I had these dreams, but it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that I really had a dream that made me go, oh, maybe I need to look at these things a little more closely. Mm. Like maybe there is something here that's connecting me somewhere else or that can give me clues as to day-to-day, -day, you know, journey of life mm. and what was that dream uh so at the time I was sort of below the floorboards depressed so you know in the the space of, of um you know the, the emotional ups and downs mountains and valleys of life mm. there's times when we can be depressed which I think of as more like environmental depression like it's a, a culmination of what's around you weighing upon you and you're trying to work through that and it's getting you down. But then there's another level where you're really stuck in the mud and it's it's a defining difference, I think, when you experience that kind of a depression. Um, so you, some people would call that you know, a chemical depression. Mm. What would you call it? Medical depression. Uh, yeah, clinically. Um, clinical, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you could you could explain it like that, but it, it really is like a different um, state of being. Mm. So I was in that and I was really struggling along and then I had this dream where in the dream there was just this sound of ripping Velcro, just rip, 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 and it was just getting louder and louder and louder. And 
I woke up and I'm sitting up in bed. I look at the clock. It's 3.33 in the morning. And I was just catching my breath, but I felt different. Mm. I felt lighter and I lay back down and went back to sleep. And I woke up that next day and then at some point was speaking to my mum and um, and she just I told her how I'd had this dream and I just felt different, like I felt lighter, I felt all right, like I felt, you know, it, it was just worlds apart from where I'd been. Mm. And then she said, you know, your dad would have been 60 today. Mm. And so naturally for me that's, it, that takes on a new meaning instantly. Yeah. Um, but that feeling of being lifted out of the mud and then put onto the banks is how I would describe it. You're putting put onto the banks of the river. You've yeah. still got work to do. You've still got to deal with life in different ways, but you're not in it the way that you're in it. And I can't attribute that to any amount of therapy or any other to me was a miracle and it came through a dream in a very physical way so whether it could have just been you know synapses in my brain rewiring or something if you want to get scientific about it yeah or the universe Um, giving you an upgrade saying mark you know wake up we need you we need your light in this world um and and is that why you think you attribute you know how you were saying before um you know we can um have so many different kind of interpretations of dreams but you always say like it's it's how you feel at the end of the day is that the the pivotal moment that you went okay i've got to actually look my dreams and and feel how I actually felt during that and after that, that kind of will dictate what's presenting for me, like any other opportunities or what's kind of going on in my world that I subconsciously or unconsciously need to address perhaps? Well, I can say definitely that I didn't just have that experience and then rush to the library or to the bookstore and pick up a bunch of dream books or, uh, you know, get madly into that world. It was <laughs> yeah. a slow burn. Like, yeah. I guess what really happened was it, it just, it was like a light was switched on for me and mm. I went, there's something more than just vivid colours in the night here. Mm. Um, and I should just take the time to pay attention. Um, mm. So like something for me is I I really don't remember many of my dreams you know they yeah. say we dream every night but yeah I, many, I don't many people do many people do struggle with remembering their dreams don't they mm. I know um, I've got like a dream journal that I you know how you said before that you kind of you got woken up at like 3 30 in the morning if I have any kind of wake-ups like that or a dream that was just just before I wake up I normally just grab my my journal and I kind of write down you know any kind of significant symbols or feelings or or I just write it down and I'm like oh I'll, I'll look at that a little bit later is there anything that you found really helpful to help remember any symbols or kind of research that you do around symbols or patterns I don't know I like I'll consider patterns but I'll probably consider them more uh, just freestyle <laughs> rather than <laughs> chasing a sort of a pre-organized interpretation of it. I think there's 
the journey of that for me is worthwhile. Tonight, for example, I went to bed because I knew we were going to be talking. And so I set the intention in my head to have to dream. And I <laughs> I, like I said, that. I was like, okay, bring me dreams tonight. I'm ready to dream. And I had like very vivid dreams, but I can't I can't tell you what they are now. But if I had written it down like you were talking about, in those first five, ten minutes, I would have some kind of a terrain to map. But there was nothing in that that dream. It was a dream given to me because I asked for a dream just for the entertainment of a dream, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like there wasn't, I, I had no feeling in my gut that there was some message that I needed to now communicate to you today. It was just my brain having a bit of a dance. <laughs> and maybe we're not meant to remember them straight away because it's interesting how some dreams we have can offer insights days later when we can't recall them fully. I guess what initially connected us, Mark, on the topic of dream interpretations was when I shared having a dream where all my teeth were falling out. And it's actually a a pretty common dream where everyone has, you know, their teeth falling out or their teeth are loose. And according to several sources that I was reading at the time, it, they were saying it could signify different things like going through a significant life change, transition, or personal loss of some sort. However, the dream I had a couple nights later revealed a deeper connection by piecing um, the two dreams together. And in that dream, I encountered the faces of old friends and sensed their disapproval towards my, I guess, current life choices. And it became really clear that our paths had diverged and they were no longer in alignment with my journey. And it was this realization that brought this profound sense of, of loss um, in my heart regarding these friendships. Um, and, and what I had to do was then piece the, the two dreams together. And I came to the conclusion that I had to appreciate the friendships for what they were. I had to let them go and release them with love with respect and and no hard feelings so I, I practically did this by setting an intention and disconnecting energetically from them and the sensation afterward was this huge feeling of relief and i not only gifted i feel myself the space to allow more friendships to come into my field that are all more in alignment where my path is heading but a gift to my friends also by releasing the energy that wasn't serving them too. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if I'm experiencing a heightened anxiety in my daily life due to, you know, some decision I'm yet to make concretely or something like that, my dreams will often reflect that. But I can, they, they are very much, um something that displays in the dream like dreams that present themselves as quite straightforward and i can just go okay that is me trying to wrestle with this decision that i need to be making mm -hmm. um 
and it doesn't require a whole lot of interpretation, even if it's an abstract presentation. Yeah. It, I, I know exactly what that relates to. And it's my brain trying to pick through, you know, the information of the day to try and come to a conclusion on a, a thing at night when it's, you know, given a bit more freedom to chew on that stuff instead of having to worry about all the other things you might have to worry about during a day. Mm. Um, but I guess I don't I don't really chase my dreams in the way like I don't I've done journaling where I'll wake up in the morning and I'll write you know several pages just as like a morning clearing process. But I've never really kept a dream journal journal um, in this in a uh, traditional sense. I'll mm-hmm. jot down certain things here and there. I've certainly had um, like a I had an entire the story of an entire film come to me in a dream and just woke up and just wrote plotted out that story, and it's one that I'm still working on to just sort of write properly, but it's an, it's an amazingly full story that covers a lot of stuff. Whoa, let's talk about that because I know some like dreams can offer some guidance and insights into like both personal and professional lives. And it's obviously this is a huge example in your own life. I'm curious to know how you kind of use that dream interpretation or that dream to interpret. I don't know, did you see images, words? I'm, I'm curious, how did that all kind of come out then? Well, it was dream. it was very much like a film um, ah, in this right. particular instance. Yeah. So, so you saw images basically, and everything. Uh, yeah. So it was looking through the lens of a camera. Yeah. Taking photographs of a wedding on the foreshore uh, on the promenade of um, in the south of France, and it was a beautiful, perfect day, and the wedding was falling apart. And I woke up and just continued, like I continued to see. It was like I'd begun watching the movie and then I woke up and I quickly realised it was so vivid that I continued watching (laughs) the film. And it's, um, yeah, it evolved into this. It it just sort of told, the story told itself. Um, And interesting. Interestingly, it kind of traced back to Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. And then presented itself as a story of twins and one being a photographer who had been killed by a coward punch in Brisbane, in the valley. And it's the journey of the other trip, other twin finding his way back into life after uh, withdrawing because of the loss of his other half and um, journeying all the way to a wedding that finishes the film, which is happening on a terrible weather day, Mm. but it's the perfect conclusion, the perfect wedding. It all comes together. So, Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but that all came out of a dream and... That might like it may sound like a bit of um 
Yeah, uh, but you've layered that again thing. with like your expertise and in, in in you know the film industry and your creative writing and how plots twist and turn and, and everything like that. That's just allowing your creative expression then to be you know uh, developed from the inception and that little flame or you know ignition of that that dream. That's incredible. And it was it was very literally yeah, like if you imagine looking through a camera viewfinder so you're seeing when someone's spying on something and they're taking photos from a distance mm. it was that kind of image that was happening and then the story came right through that and and it is kind of about that person finding uh, uh, Thomas, is his name uh finding his way back into life through the lens of a camera so it's yeah, it, yeah and it it's one of those rare moments where an entire it, it just got drawn out of a dream without effort on my part, really. Have you had any more like those at all? That has um, just prompted you to, to wake up and go, "Oh my goodness, like that that's um you know that's another little screenplay, or there's you know there's a film in that, or no, nothing, nothing to that extreme. Like that was pretty, that was pretty strong. Very, yeah. Mm, and it feels fun. really special. Like it's mm. a, it's one of those stories that sits in a, in a special place for me, and I would love to make that as a a French, just because I, I can see it all, mm. see that dream still. So look out, there's a new film on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, <I'll think laughs> a few years, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, but it all starts yeah, with the idea stemmed from a dream. Yeah, it'll be called L'amour et la violence which is love and violence. See, you've already got the um, title of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was very rich when it came through. Yeah, amazing. Um, so what I was going to say before mm. uh, before we jumped to that, it was like I said how I don't chase dreams. Yes. And I do really make a point of letting them come to me. I try to create the space for dreams to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really something that's come out of, you know, more desperate times that I've experienced, wherein um you, you know, like you're you're leaning hard in I don't know whether you've ever had that sort of thing where you 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 going to bed and you're actually saying like please, you know, it please send me some information here, mm. send me something. It's kind of a prayer mm-hmm. in a way, but it's also you're just putting it out there um, to kind of for those dreams to come and, and tip you off. But I've sort of found that the less that I do that, and I, ch- I pick my moments to put it out there um, and call. I find that I tend to get the dreams then when I call. But mm. if you're putting too much pressure on it, yeah, I think you you can block your own channels of reception. Yeah, and forcing dreams and actively seeking information can sometimes hinder the the natural flow of our experiences. And lately I've come to realise that our spirits tend to leave our bodies between 1 and 3 a.m., which coincides with the time of the liver 
in traditional Chinese medicine. And during this period, our spirits embark on a mentoring journey and they go and they gather information and guidance for the next day. And this process supports us in aligning with our path and receiving the necessary support for our journey ahead. And it's so, so fascinating how our spiritual essence engages in this unseen realm to assist and guide us along our life's path. I'm curious, have you had any experiences in your dreams where you've encountered universal symbols at all? Um, things like crosses or religious yeah. um, symbols, I wouldn't say, have really presented themselves. Yeah, to you. Not yeah, to and yeah, I think um, I guess it probably would present themselves in, in our dreams, right, or depending on what. I guess it would be regardless, you know, whether it faith or culture or where you are too. Um, I mean, you could be travelling through a particular culture or you could be, but there's there are many influences that pick up in your daily life, that, and like in your hours, mm. that then get inserted as a symbol in your dream, which might just be part of your, you know, waking environment that just gets plopped into that particular space on the on the puzzle board yeah that that kind of makes sense because there's been some sort of patterns or themes that are going kind of coming through and then you get like some universal symbol that comes through that you um remember the next day yeah i mean if you're into that world of reading into say numerology or um or your ancient symbols or any of that kind of stuff, if that's actually an active interest of yours, it makes sense that that's going to create the colour palette and create the shapes in your dream. Mm. And that's how it's going to present itself. How you would then read that, I don't know. But, I I mean, again, like I, I'm just always drawn to my my solar plexus, my, you know, that kind of gut that feeling. instinct. Mm. Um, and I, it's a, yeah, and I guess that's a reminder that there's no, yeah, I guess there's no, that's like, you know, perfect reminder that there's no right way, um, to interpret a dream. It's like our imagination can be such a powerful tool and drawing on from what's happening in our life and those, those, um, those feelings as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go researching, uh, you know, if you have a dream and there's a particular thing that stands out in it and then you jump on Google to go looking for some clues, mm. there's pros and cons with that, obviously. Like you're going to be hungry for something good and you're likely to disregard, you know, some warning symbols that might present themselves. Or vice versa, you might be, it's you know, it's like going to Google MD for a diagnosis <laughs> on something like, it, depending on your state of being, you, you can be looking to read into it what you're trying to find, um, which I think comes back to that place of like if you've got symbols uh, in a traditional sense of, say, animals that appear or, something oh, like yes. that yeah i i would 
I tend to go back to things like the old stories, like Aesop's fables or stuff like that. that oh, that's yeah, sort of fairy tales and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like there's a long a lineage of what certain animals mean, uh, animals that represent certain things across numerous cultures and this information has been passed down through time and it presents itself in the old stories but also your films and literature and music lyrics mm. draw from that same space and they keep repeating so there's a good chance that you pick that up at some point as a kid or whatever and it's in your brain somewhere and if it's trying to tell you about a certain feature in life or a certain trait to be wary of or something like that, it very likely is to you as a animal or, you know, as that thing. Mm. It's kind of stuff that you pick up subconsciously or consciously back in time, but it, it's all remaining in your brain somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. and. I guess that kind of relates to you know how um, you know sometimes dreams can reveal some of those uh, those fears or like you know our anxieties. For instance, like you know having those animals appearing in our dreams reflect that primitive or um, instinctive aspect we identify with that animal. I'm curious, like how could we use that dream interpretation then to confront some of those or overcome some of those fears then? Because I imagine that it takes a lot of courage to confront our inner demons, but how can we then use that knowledge gained from dreams to really empower ourselves and move forward? I I sort of relate it to the idea of adopting an integral honesty. Like these days we're not short of hearing about the importance of one's own truth, Mm. but we don't often hear about honesty like honesty is not uh, sort of necessarily layered in as a stepping stone to one's own truth. Mm. And so uh, like how I said, if you go looking for what these symbols represent and you search only for the good answers mm. as opposed to the difficult ones that maybe are a little bit close to home that poke a little finger into your soft spots, like your tender spots, um, I think that's that's the way that you step towards that kind of healing that you're uh, or understanding that you see. Uh, fears aren't always there to be overcome. Like they can be there to guide you and they can exist as fears um, without necessarily needing to be fixed. Like they can be very valid and mm. they can be very powerful directors in life in a, in a positive sense, I mean, as opposed to purely limiting your ability to be your whole self or complete and fulfilled self. I think sometimes it keeps us uh, aware, it keeps us alert to certain actions, certain missteps and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a really powerful insight, Mark. I, I can see how dream interpretation can really help us confront our fears and anxieties, I guess, in you know, a more safe but but more importantly, more of an empowering way, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. well, I mean, it's um, it's also that thing about like if if you're seeking to be empowered, often um, it can be more empowering empowering than you realize to recognize what your fears are, to recognize mm. where your anxieties are, like to not simply pretend they don't exist or pretend that you're able to step above and beyond them. That might be your goal and you may well achieve that, but there is a, a, a comfort and an empowerment in simply acknowledging for acknowledging them for what they are. Mm. Yeah, and and potentially, um, as you said, it's like almost like stretching that that comfort zone, and and the fear is is just a concept that we've created, uh, and perhaps there's the you know the dream that's showing us and our subconscious that it doesn't need to be a fear; it needs to just um, be shifted so we can feel more empowered in that, whatever that, you know, that fear or that space is creating or we've created. Yeah, really cool. Well, this is a very specific, like you've got the standard world of the dream and then there's a specific feature that sticks out to you when you wake up and that really lasts. So it could be symbols like you were talking about. In this mm. case, it was somebody telling me about the Johnny Cash trilogy of songs <laughs> known as the bird didactic yeah and so i thought that's so specific i need to <laughs> look like, into this more <laughs> what yeah what is it what are those songs? i can't find any johnny cash linkage so i don't understand the johnny cash part of it um but what it did lead me to was one dissecting the word didactic which is mm. not a word that i use daily um it's not even one that I would consider part of my vocabulary or certainly not at the time. Um, but I, you know, may well have picked it up somewhere, but that was important to me because I mean, to be didactic is to be kind of teacherly, but in a somewhat patronizing manner. Mm. Um, and I, th I believe that's something that I needed to hear at that time. Like I trying to, get my point across and realizing that that was something that I needed to address but what that also drew me to was a book which is called the conference of the birds and the conference of the birds is by Atar. Atar. Mm -hmm. it's an 11th or 12th century Persian poem oh, sorry I just reached for the book here but essentially what that the whole purpose of that um, that book is all manner of different types of birds are moving towards what's referred to as like the, the great ocean or divine ocean. And it's really a way of describing life and how we all go about moving towards that end goal. In our life in different mm. of reference and and approaches and we process things differently yeah and that was 
just such a magical thing for me to be brought in a dream because I would never have, I mean, I may have found that myself at some point, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just phenomenal. And so for that to come out of that, you know, specific little quirk of a uh, a line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's led you to that book, which has then led you to that um, analogy. That's incredible and so beautiful. And sorry, did you say it was 11th to 12th century Persian book that you had? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you, yes. went, you went and bought it, the book? Yeah, so I, I went out and I ordered it. And yeah. <laughs> um, it was just bizarre because when I, it was the message that I needed to hear yes. at that time. Yes. That's why I was excited about it. It was brought to me for a reason, mm. I really believe. And it seems like it offered some invaluable wisdom um, and, and insight that probably your unconscious mind wanted to bring forth to your conscious mind too. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's also not something that's, um, you know, it's not a revelation in itself to kind of, share that kind of a message but it yes. reminded me that that kind of a message is really what's most important to me mm. it's it's a core value of mine that kind of a belief and that kind of a view upon the world so yeah. to have it presented back to you it was almost an empowering moment where it's it's reminding me like yes you're okay to be thinking the way that you're thinking you're okay to hold on to those values mm. because they are old, old values. Yeah, that's a beautiful pathway that it, that dream had led you down. It's um, quite quite profound, actually. And mm. and it's I guess it's those um, little um, pieces of information that we kind of pick up, you know, whether it's from our dreams and then in our waking day and then piecing them together and then having that aha moment because I suspect you would have ordered that book and then not received it, you know, for, a, you know, a week or, or a bit and then receive that information at, you know, just at the right time that you needed to hear it as well and mm. have that drop in. Yeah, that's really cool. So how would someone kind of apply the insights gained from their dream interpretation to their daily life, you know, whether it's for personal growth or professional development? Are there any kind of specific practices or exercises that, people could do to incorporate dream interpretation in their daily routine and kind of fuel that that growth and development and that um, yearning for, for more wisdom in their world? Again, I think it's that, I mean, you've prob- you're probably better at describing sorts of processes that you might um, undertake to set you up for uh, clearer interpretations or a, great, a greater ability to do that. Um, in line with, you know, meditation or other practices. I would draw it back to that idea of integral honesty. Mm. It's like the more that you work towards knowing yourself in your waking life, the more will be brought to you, you know, the more that you'll be able to draw out of your dreams. Because you'll know yourself better, so you'll understand the standard environment of any given dream mm. that stands out in that environment that doesn't quite belong or that 
is an odd fit for that particular space. That's how I would describe it. It's, I mean, obviously dreams are quite often very abstract and very, they can mm. be very weird, mm. but there's a standard comfort and we view it as kind of regular when we're having that dream. The weird things don't seem that weird. But when there is something that you wake up, uh, that uh, when you wake up as being odd in a space that's already quite odd, <laughs> <laughs> um, that will be the thing that you should assess or just consider, mm. you know. Um, I give dreams quite a wide berth as well. Yeah. So I'll wake up from a dream and I'll – I because I'm basing it all on that feeling, um, that intuitive sense. Like many dreams I'll wake up and I'll go and feel a need to chase down every, you know, into every little nook and cranny of every dream because um, that's a lot of energy that you're using, <laughs> uh, which you could be using for something else. Mm. Um, but I think that is about about getting comfortable with and knowing yourself so then when you've got these dreams because they're ultimately a part of you or they're coming from you whether it's um why you know you're channeling them in from somewhere or whether it's just coming from you in a very biological sense that your brain's just firing in certain ways um yeah the more familiar with yourself you are the more familiar with the terrain of your dreams mm, yeah I yeah I imagine that it does require a deep understanding of your own psyche and personal symbolism I guess it, it's like that analogy right um you know if you said that you know how you said last night I'm going to set the intention of having a dream because it's you know we're going to have a, a talk today about it and you didn't wake yeah. up and remember it it's like having that you know those um those books on your side table that have all you know all the reading books that you want to read through and you've just got maybe four or five books kind of sitting on the side table there uh, and they've all got bookmarks in them. It's like, well, let's just take out all the bookmarks, put them back on the shelf, and I'll only pull out the one that I, you know, feel called to read at that point in time. And it allows the space to, um, you know, take in that information more than trying to take in multiple information um, all the time. So I think even setting that intention of having a clear head space um, sometimes definitely supports that dream interpretation process for that individual as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think if we're like something that I think would be responsible to to say is that if you're in the position where you are taking more notice of your dreams or it's a priority to do so, there's a good chance that you're prioritising that because you're a bit lost in your life in some aspect. Mm. or you're questioning certain aspects. So if you're putting more pressure on yourself to figure out the clues or find the clues mm -hmm. in dreams, that's only going to elevate stress and anxiety and clutter up your ability to deal with those things you're trying to deal with anyway. Yes, yeah. So treating a, a, the dreams like your friends that visit you in the night and whisper in your ear Mm -hmm. is a nicer way to think about it than thinking of it as an academic pursuit to right the wrongs of your days. Yes. I think that's 
yeah. Keeping that in mind makes the process a creative process, an enjoyable yes. process, and one that gives you a little bit of warmth in those times when you may not be feeling the warmest. Yeah, I agree. Oh, well, thank you, Mark. Um, thank you for sharing your insights and expertise on dreams and interpretation. Uh, it's clear that dreams can be this powerful tool for creative expression, personal awareness, and even business growth. Um, and, and I feel like by understanding the symbols and metaphors in our dreams with, you know, integral honesty, we can gain valuable insights into our own psyche and then use that knowledge to overcome any daily struggles and, you know, help us kind of achieve our goals um, for the day. So I hope that our listeners have gained a deeper appreciation for the importance of dream interpretation and will continue to explore their own dreams as a source of inspiration and guidance. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Tara. friends that concludes today's conversation if it lifted your spirit or touched your soul it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review and subscribe to this podcast so that more souls can be impacted by these life-changing conversations and if you're not ready for this episode to end head over to tarahegarty.com to get the show notes for today's episode i love you so much and thank you for being here I'll see you next week for another episode of Business Meets Soul.